to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Amen. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. My wife sends her greetings from Miami. I miss her so much, but I know she's here in spirit. Let's start reading here, verse 10. And Jacob, that's Abraham's grandson, the great old Abraham of the Old Testament. This is his grandson. He went out from a place called Beersheba and went toward a city called Haran. And he came upon a certain place and he stayed there all night because the sun had set. Not much like of an all-nighter like some of you have taken in the last few days. But he took one of the stones of that place and he put it at his head. And he laid down in that place to sleep. One translation says he took stones and he used them as pillows. Verse 12, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. And behold, the top of it reached to heaven and behold or there the angels of God he saw were ascending and descending on that ladder so God speaks to Jacob and we're going to skip to verse 16 for the sake of time and Jacob awakes out of his sleep and he said surely the Lord is in this place And I did not know it. There are distinct times in life that God is working in your life, but you may not even realize it. And you think that there's no way that God can have a plan in your life, and you feel like there's No way that God can move in your life and in your situation and your family history and your life's background. You may not know it, but surely, Jacob said, the Lord is in this place. And he did not stop there. The Bible says in verse 17, he was afraid or he was shocked. He was stunned. And he said, how awesome is this place. Anybody feel that way tonight? How awesome is God's presence tonight? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And he called the name of that place, I'm reading in verse 19 now, Bethel, which means house of God. But the name of that city was called Luz or Luz previously. Let's take a moment to pray. The Lord's going to speak to you, and he's already been speaking to you. The Lord's going to confirm his word tonight. Let's lift our hands one more time. Father, we come before you, Jesus. Without you, we can do nothing. You have divinely ordained, orchestrated, planned, purposed. God, you've set it all in alignment. 
for every single person to be here tonight. Lord, according to your will, it has happened. It is happening. And therefore, there is nothing that is in the way of your will being done tonight in our lives, Lord Jesus, for us to receive everything that you have planned for tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we exalt you. We praise you. Let's lift our voice to the Lord. We honor you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. We feel your presence here tonight Lord and we give you praise and we say in the name of Jesus let it be done tonight in Jesus name we pray amen amen you may be seated in Jesus name praise God praise God Jacob is Abraham's grandson Abraham really really big figure not just too long ago I was talking to my barber. I hope he did a good job, and you think he did a good job. I'll let him know when I get back. But my barber, he's a great, great guy. His name is Frankie. Frankie recently moved from Pennsylvania to Miami, uh, to Miami area. He was giving me a haircut, and our first haircut, well, my first haircut with him, we started talking about the Bible, and so when I came a second time, he came ready with a whole bunch of questions. So the second time we're talking, and he tells me that he got caught up in a YouTube black hole. Anybody ever get caught up in a YouTube black hole? Cat videos, basketball highlights, uh, bloopers, voiceover. Anybody see that NFL voiceover stuff? That stuff's hilarious. The fake football. I guess I'm in Canada now. But... Uh, he got caught up in a YouTube black hole. And in that YouTube black hole, he started learning about the difference between Judaism and Islam. And so he came ready with questions and he asked me, so what's the deal between the origin of Judaism and Islam? And I said, well, to talk about Judaism and Islam, we've got to go further back. And look at Abraham. Abraham is a really, really big deal throughout the entire Bible and in human history. And he has this promise from God that he is going to supernaturally have a child. He's supernaturally going to receive a child. And Abraham becomes impatient. Joined a club. He becomes impatient, and so he tries to maneuver things his way, and because of that, he introduces a dysfunction and an issue into his family. And that issue is so destructive to his home that we are still dealing with the consequences of Abraham's decisions and Abraham's impatience, and Abraham's challenges with faith 2,000 years later. I mean, this is 4,000 years later. We're still dealing with Abraham's problems with his relationship with God. You're not the first one. Abraham invites a family dysfunction because of his faith issue. And so 
as a result of that, we have an issue and a challenge between Isaac and Ishmael. And here we have long-term Judaism and Islam. And I'm talking to my barber, Frankie, and I said, this is why you see such bitterness in our world, this conflict and tension, particularly between these two religions. And he says, well, what does Jesus think about that? I said, I'm so glad you asked. I'll tell you what Jesus thinks about that. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment and said, tell him I have great compassion upon both the Jews and the Muslims. And I said, Frankie, the Lord has great compassion upon the Jews and especially the Muslims because there's a family history issue of bitterness and tension and conflict. And in Jesus Christ, that bitterness and conflict and tension was supposed to be resolved. So much so, I've talked with my wife and I used to live in Ohio, and there's a great Muslim population there, and I would seek answers from the Muslim population there and ask them, what do you think about Jesus? And they would say, well, we believe that he's a prophet. In fact, in the Quran, we believe that he's going to come back a second time. I said, my God, the first time he came, he was trying to reconcile. Aren't you thankful that Jesus is the God of second chances? There's this mutual agreement that God is trying to restore the mistakes of our past. And I told Frankie all of this and I said, and so it is in our lives. That God has mercy no matter how long the time period for our mistakes. To restore that which was broken back into wholeness. Amen. Now, Jacob is the grandson of this man who's caused generations worth of issues. He's in moving from Beersheba to Haran. Now, Haran sounds like some far distant city that we have no idea about. But in the family history, see, family history is so important. Because some of you tonight have issues believing for what God has shown you for your life because you feel limited by your family history. This is Jacob. This is Jacob. Feeling limited because of his family history. He's moving towards a city called Haran. Say Haran. Haran was where Jacob's great uncle died. That was the name of his great uncle. I'm sorry. The name of his great uncle was Haran. And Haran means to be a mountain climber. He was a man of ambition, a man of great pursuit, but he died young if you check his family history. He died before he could attain to what God had for his life. And Jacob's grandfather 
his dad died in the city named Haran. What does that mean for you? God has been calling you and tugging on your heart. And you're wondering, is this really God speaking to me? That he wants me to have a life full of the spirit. Is God really wanting to forgive me of my sins? Is Jesus really wanting to change my ancestry and lineage spiritually? But you're thinking about the excuses of what your dad did. Or what your mom did. Or what your grandfather did. Or what your great-grandfather did. And you feel limited in the possibility. Of, of God's call on your life because of somebody in your family history. See, it got quiet because I know that I'm preaching to where you are right now. You're wondering if God has really ordained you to make a difference in your family, in your community, in your school, in your neighborhood, in your city. Well, my uncle is this person. My uncle did this. My aunt did this. My uncle abused me. My father, I never knew him. My mother mistreated me. Join the club. Jacob was lost on his way to Haran. And the Bible says that he's so tired the sun is setting. He can't fight falling asleep. That he can even find rest in a rocky place. He finds stones and uses them as pillows. Let me ask you a question. How tired do you have to be that you can sleep in a hard place? You're wondering in the difficulty of your circumstance, in the tension and conflict of your life, can you really have peace with Jesus? I want to tell you tonight, God wants to give you rest in your rocky place. You just got to be willing to see something beyond where you are. Jacob. He had a vision, but sometimes God's got to knock you out to help you see the supernatural. Sometimes you've got to get so tired of being attached to your natural circumstances that God can baptize you with a fresh perspective. Oh. You've got to realize that you are more spirit than you are body. You've got to realize the spirit world is more real than what you see with your very eyes in this moment. I mean, you can even prove this scientifically. That what you see is less than such a small percentage of 1% of what's actually there. Because what you mostly see is actually empty space. Science is trying to tell us a story that there's much more in what you don't see than what you do see. And Jacob got to that place 
where he saw beyond what he saw naturally. And he saw a ladder. He saw a ladder. A ladder that was set up on the earth and it went all the way up to heaven. And he said, the Bible says he saw angels, put it up if you don't mind, ascending and descending. Now this is not a trick question. Which one did, which direction did he see the angels traveling first? We are such an earth first generation. We are such a self-serving generation that oftentimes when we lack true faith in God, we move earth first and not heaven first. The angels know if you're going to get in contact with God, you can't just pray, let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. You've got to realize when you're seated with Christ, you're in heavenly places and you can ascend to where his presence is. You don't have to be bound where you are. You can rise to where he is. You can rise to where he is. You do not have to be bound where you are. It's amazing. The scriptures even say that God himself, his throne is in heaven. But his footstool is in the earth. Which shows me God's authority is not challenged or changed even when he has contact with earth. So my question to you is, there might be natural circumstances that touch your faith, but your authority in Jesus does not have to change because physical circumstances might come against your life. I know, I know you're hearing the voice of the Lord. I know you're hearing the voice of the Lord. You've got to let God pull you out of a natural vision to see a supernatural vision. You've got to let God even puts you to the point of exhaustion and you thought the answer was walking away from God. You thought the answer was giving up the spiritual disciplines and giving up the spiritual commitment when you don't realize that in that very place the Lord is there and you don't even know it. But God is for you and he's setting up a ladder where you are. Stay with me. Stay with me. Jacob saw a ladder set up on the earth that ascended all the way up to heaven. And the Lord was at the top of it. Angels are ascending before they descend. And I was so shook by this. How many... We are in a Toronto metropolitan area. 
How many of do not live in the Toronto metropolitan area that are here tonight? All right, so the majority are in this Toronto metropolitan area. Well, Pastor Akil gave me a little hint about the Toronto metropolitan area, which he didn't have to because the Lord beat him to the punch. And this is important because what I'm about to say next, God chose you for what I'm about to share with you. I'm talking about this ladder. It set up on the earth, went all the way to heaven. Pastor Akil told me that this region has supernatural soil. Well, the Lord beats you to it, Pastor Akil. And I asked the Lord, why does Toronto Metro have supernatural soil? And the Lord said, because I have touched the soil with something. Because biblically in the Old Testament, you're affected by what you touch if you're not careful. And if a higher power touches something with lesser power, the higher power influences the lesser power. So the Lord said to me, I have touched the soil with something. I said, what'd you touch the soil with? He said, a ladder. I said, a ladder. He said, I put a ladder in Toronto. And I said, I said, my God, there's angels moving in this place. I'm just going to make it plain to you. I, I put a ladder in Toronto. I said, what's the ladder for? He said, it's a gate. I said, a gate? I said, what's a gate? He brought me to Genesis 28. If you look at what gate means in the Hebrew, it's a door. Doors are access points. There are specific places in the world that God chooses as access points for the supernatural realm. You got to stay with me. I'm not even to the good part yet. I said, well, what's the deal with Toronto? I'm just telling you what he said. I said, what's the deal with Toronto? He said, look up what Toronto means. I said, okay. You think that stuff only applies to the Bible? I look up what Toronto means. It means where the sticks are in the river. I said, what in the world is that? You know you could talk to God like that? So what in the world is that? He said, look up what that meant when they first named this area and township. They used to set up in the rivers of this area, they used to set up logs in the rivers. And they would set up logs in the rivers to change the direction of fish. And when they would set up logs in the rivers, they would direct the fish 
in the direction that they wanted so that they could receive the surplus and the harvest that they needed for that season. That's called a fishing weir. So the people who named this area, they were ahead of the people that called them fishing weirs. But they would set logs in the rivers. I said, wow, that's pretty deep. I said, so what's the deal with Mississauga? I'm just telling you what I asked him. He said, Mississauga means, you can look this up. I don't make this stuff up, all right? I don't, I don't preach made-up stuff. I preach the Bible and facts. Now, you're right, my brother. Forgive me. Forgive me. Well, I said, what's the deal with Mississauga? He said, Mississauga, look it up. The river of many or great mouths or great openings. I said, so you're telling me there's a river of great opening attached to a place where logs are set to direct the direction of the fish. And the Lord said, do you get it yet? Let me tell you something, church. God has chosen this region for a church to set the direction of international people coming into this area so there could be a truly biblical harvest that is international, multi-ethnic, multilingual, multicultural, multi-generational. Do you believe it? God has chosen you to influence the direction of not just this region, but this hemisphere. We see it naturally. But God has set up a church in this metro. Lift your hands and receive that in this moment. And shout unto God if you believe God has chosen you for such a time as this. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's give him a hand clap. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your holy name. You've got to claim who you are in Christ. You are not a second bench person. You are not a bench warmer in his kingdom. God has chosen you as his all-star team in this kingdom. Yes. 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 This is the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. I'm preaching about heaven's access points. Everybody likes to talk about hell's access points. If I pulled out my phone, you would see this technologically sophisticated, extraordinary church family has got access points. But they're locked, praise God, by a password. That's good. But let me tell you something. God has access points. And the adversary has learned a few things about how God does things. He's got his access points. You shouldn't watch that movie because it's an access point for fear. 
You should get out of that relationship because it's an access point for depression. You should get out of that social media binging because it's an access point for FOMO. You got to be careful what you watch because it's an access point for feeling worthless. You got to be careful what you listen to because it's an access point for perversion in your spirit. You've got to be careful what you entertain on the outside and on the inside because it's an access point for the supernatural realm. God's, God's got his access point. God's got his access point. Somebody say, I'm an access point. Come on, say it again. I am an access point. John 1.51, if you could put it up there. Jesus said about himself that upon the Son of Man, he's making a reference to himself, talking in third person. I do that with my wife. Don't you just love your husband, honey? I hope she's watching this thing. Wow, come on. Well, Jesus did that. He said, upon the Son of Man you will see angels ascending and descending on it. He's showing us that what Jacob saw in Genesis 28 was an illustration of what was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus is that ultimate premier spotlight access point for the world to know who God is. But let me tell you something. It doesn't stop with Jesus. Because when we are born again of water and of the spirit, which we see biblically, is to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and filled with his spirit just like the apostles speaking with other tongues as the spirit gives us the ability. That's being born again of water and spirit. That we are born again into his body. So if we're born again into his body, Jesus is not just an access point by himself. You now become a part of his access point. And when at one time people saw you and they know they could get drugs from you. At one point they saw you and they knew that they could gossip with you about somebody else. But when you come to Jesus, you're no longer an access point for gossip, for perversion, and for drunkenness. You become an access point for righteousness, for peace, for joy in the Holy Ghost. An access point for heaven. That's why you feel the pressure. I can't remember the brother's name, but I heard him walking in tonight. I was walking with Pastor Akil, and he said, you know, I'm not, I'm not tired physically, but I, I'm not, I just feel tired. What is that? He 
hell that the kingdom of darkness was trying to move on him all week to make him an access point for darkness. But my brother was like, no, I'm going to come to kingdom now Friday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to be committed because I want to be an access point for heaven. How many want to be an access point for heaven here tonight? Let's lift our hands in this moment. I want you to confess to Jesus. Lord, I want to be an access point for you. I don't want to be an access point for depression and for anxiety. Just a simple prayer. In Jesus' name. Lift, you can lower your hands in this moment. i got a, a few more things. God's got access points set up in the earth. He's chosen you. I can't tell you. I've only been here for 10 hours. I cannot tell you how many people I've already met or they've told me, I just moved here from in fill-in country from thousands of miles away. And they come into this river. And they're a fish that's swimming in the river. Looking for direction. And God's wondering if he could set you into the river. I'm talking about the spirit. The, liver, the, the rivers of living water. God's wondering if he can set you up strategically in order to help people find direction in order for people to help have answers you think that's you tonight but your purpose is greater than just finding answers your purpose is helping other people find Jesus you've got to let him strategically position you for you to be a part of his divine plan you can stand in this moment we're gonna pray we're going to come to the front just a few moments, but i got just a few things to say. Ah, ah, destiny's pulling on your heart right now. But i got a few more things to share with you, just real short. Jacob called that place Luz or Luz first. Then he renamed it. It was already named Luz. He renamed it to be Bethel. Somebody say Bethel. And somebody say lose. In the English, man, that sounds really good. Lose is the place of almond trees. That's what it means in the Hebrew. Oh, what does that have to do? I mean, my brother, Pastor Akil's, she's a daughter doesn't like almonds, right? No, it's bad. Almonds, bad. But let me tell you something. This place was called Luz first. Luz is the place of the almond tree. You know how you get the almonds off an almond tree? You got to shake it. Shake an almond tree? One day I was in a YouTube black hole. <laughs> they grabbed these giant claws. They put it around an almond tree, and they shake that almond tree. It's super cool. They shake that almond tree, and hundreds of almonds fall to the ground. 
And you're wondering to yourself, how in the world did you end up in Toronto? Some of you have family backgrounds where your family was persecuted. And your family fled to this area seeking refuge. You faced a terrible shaking in your life. And it positioned you to be in God's presence here tonight. And you're wondering how in the world and why in the world. I'm telling you why it happened. Because God's changing where you are from being the place of shaking to the place of his presence. Because that's what Bethel means. House of God. And you thought where you were, it was always going to be turbulence. It was going to be chaos. It was going to be instability. But I'm prophesying to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's changing your direction. God's changing your identity to be an identity of stability in his presence. Where you have peace and you don't have chaos attached to this world. But you have peace and tranquility in his presence. If you want that tonight, I invite you to the front. If you feel that God has spoken to you, I want you to come quickly to the front. And we're going to pray. And God's going to confirm his word in your life. We're going to pray specifically. We're going to pray specifically. Come quickly. Come quickly. Here's your assignment tonight. Ah. Here's your assignment tonight. Just, just listen closely. Keep on playing. You've got to recognize who you are. God has chosen you as an access point. You wonder, man, it's just easy for me to connect with people. I, I just, when I laugh, like the whole room atmosphere changes. When I'm quiet, everybody turns their attention to me and I feel so awkward. Why? Because you're an access point that changes the atmosphere. And you're confused about your identity and you're like, who am I? I'll tell you who you are. You're an access point for Jesus. And you've got to possess who you are so the adversary doesn't pervert who you are. So tonight, God's going to restore your mind and how you view yourself. One. One. And two, God's going to send you forth and who you're becoming. And don't be afraid of what God shows you in the supernatural. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.